Welcome back to the latest episode of the CJ Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And today, or excuse me, tonight, I'm joined by the Colton Davidson, one of the two members of the Slim Basketball Duo. So we talk about the NBA Finals picks, a little bit of Thunder draft talk as well as we come up with that in less than a month now. So it's draft month season and and some more NBA information, I'm sure. Colton, how's it going? It's going great. I'm really excited to be back. The last time I was kind of just hating on the Cowboys, the, the Dallas Cowboys the whole time. And so I'm kind of excited to get to talk about teams that I really like. So Yeah, no kidding. You, you I'll try to time. calm myself down last time. We'll try to calm myself down this time. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Last time you hit me up and you're like, hey, so Dallas Cowboys just lost to the Niners. So it's an upset, right? And I was like, yep. Like, what are the Cowboys doing? I was like, well, I don't know. Pretty good conversation, <laughs> though. What's happening? So yeah. we had it on the podcast and kind of up and down on Jerry Jones. I'm mm-hmm. not sure where to stand on him. So, you know, probably paying Ezekiel too much money. But with that being said, mm-hmm. you no, know he's not getting paid too much money. It's Shea Gildish Alexander or Josh Giddy mm-hmm. or the rest of the Thunder Nucleus. But before we get to that, I do want to talk to you about NBA Finals picks. So the NBA Finals is tonight recording this on June 2nd, and it's you know, just an hour or so away. I, I want to ask you, just right off the bat here, um, who, who are you picking in the Finals, you know, and how many games? You got Warriors, Celtics um, here. Gosh, it, it's so hard for me to choose because, like, the Warriors have just that championship resume. They're all have been there and done that. Whereas the Celtics have like no one on the team. I, well, yeah, I don't think anyone on the team has been to the finals. And if it is, it's some guy that's off the bench that doesn't really play. Uh, maybe Al Horford. I don't think so. No, I don't think Horford anyway. Uh, it, but they, and you will, but you know, the Celtics are so young and they will and it's this literally this playoffs has just been like a war of attrition it's like which team can stay healthier and string together the most games where they're healthy and not just dragging themselves across the court and you have to think the younger team might have a, a, such a strong advantage so I, I i think i don't really like it but i think i might have to pick celtics and seven but i think either way it's gonna go seven games for sure i i'm big in the celtics and six uh two reasons one Celtics are home game six or home game seven. So if I'm picking the Celtics, it's not in the chase center. You know, uh, I just, I think this, I think the Warriors will pull it off at home in game seven versus six. Um, Other well, reasons here as well is it would go ahead. I was going to say you have to contend with game six clay. So game six clay has burned me before. Is yeah, I didn't see the like, thunder flag uh, behind listen. me if you watch this on YouTube or something. <laughs> yeah. You, you got a good point there for sure. I, I I just, um, I mean, and the Warriors, uh, Celtics Warriors spread is Warriors minus three and a half. The over under for tonight, and this is for tonight's game, game one, is 213.5 points. I'm not going to keep going into this because by the time people listen to this, it's probably already game two. Mm-hmm. But I'm picking the Celtics in six for a couple of different reasons, but mainly gear is that, and it's, it's not a great argument. I'm aware. But it's that the Warriors haven't played anyone as good as the Celtics have played. I'm not saying the Warriors haven't played anyone. I've said that before, mm-hmm. person to person. I don't necessarily want that recorded just because they have played good teams. They played the they played the Grizzlies, who were 24 and six without Ja uh, right. Morant in the regular season, and then but they also lost the Grizzlies without Ja Morant by 50 at you know away game whatever. Then you have the Mavericks, who just are not the Celtics. Just do not have switchability. Do not have the defense to guard. Steph and Clay and Wiggins and you know want to Scott Anderson, but you know, Jordan Poole, whoever it may be. And then even going back previously from there, like I just I think the Warriors have just been so up and down, so inconsistent throughout these playoffs. And I'm not right. saying the Celtics haven't been, but the Celt if the Celtics had gone on to beat the Heat and it hadn't been on like the last minute of the game and the Celtics just kind of dominated the game seven, I think we could see a lot more money on that. Because the Celtics almost like fell apart at the end, almost giving away Game Seven to the Heat mm-hmm. on Sunday. But you've just got you've got a lot of mismatches here, which I'm really curious to see how they play out. But Al right. Warford's playing at a truly like he's 28 again. Mm-hmm. Um, base 35, he's able to switch on guys, stay on the perimeter, and make it work there, where the Warriors are not able to truly play a ton of small ball and actually like kill, you know, kill him as much as you know we thought before. I didn't think the Mavericks were that great. I thought Luka Doncic was unbelievable. Oh, but he, he basically, 
they won that series four uh, one, right? He basically just won like by himself, won a game, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were playing a box in one where they basically were just like, all right, we're just going to face guard up Luca every single time, and then and then force the Mavericks to make outside shots, which is what a lot of teams have done actually to the Warriors and Steph Curry over the years, which mm-hmm. didn't work out for you know three of the rings that Steph Curry has because they had Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant to pass it to. Um, for two of those, you know, finals at least. Mm-hmm. But the, the other part of the reason here is that the Warriors, I think, are a really good team, but their defense is just. I mean, so who's Steph Curry going to guard? Who's Clay Thompson going to guard? Who's um, who's Draymond Green going to guard? And Draymond's a great defender, but not as good as he was seven years ago in 2015 right. during his first finals. Clay Thompson's a great defender, but he's missed he missed 900 days of basketball until this season and he still missed part of this season he might have to guard al horford which is a mismatch for al horford i mean just because he's not going to be able to stay in front of guys as well as someone would who hadn't torn their achilles in their acl mm-hmm. um the the other thing i'd say here too with it is is that andrew wiggins locked up luca that was like the storyline i read you know that was that right. whatever that was so hard to believe because Luca was putting up Luca put up forty one night and yeah they they still won you're right like that was that was the game plan to win was Andrew Wiggins sold Luca to forty instead of fifty and it worked exactly. out I mean it, yeah. it worked out but it's not as though Andrew Wiggins is a first team all defensive player where Marcus Smart is on the other side Jason Tatum is a really good defender Jalen Brown is a really good defender now as long as the Celtics don't commit the most amount of turnovers ever in league history going to playoffs because they've been Turn over the ball a lot as of uh sole playoffs basically and re, re you know refusing to remember how to dribble the ball at the court. But still, I, I think the Celtics will be I think they'll be a little bit better. I, yeah, I really, really hope it's a close series though. Like like if it was any other team but the Celtics, you would have to lean towards in so many regards, uh like the the Warriors are systematically so sound and so fundamentally correct. And they they rely and they have bought into that system that that would trump almost any individual defender. But like on the other hand, Boston both has individually better defenders other than Draymond. I, I still think from what I've heard and what I watch and what I see, um, Draymond is still good. He's still a very elite defender just because he's so smart. He might not still have that athleticism, but it hasn't quite tailed off enough to impact him. Like it hasn't impacted him enough to warrant him not being like a top level defender, top five guy in the league at that. But on the other hand, like they're talking on the other on a podcast today, it's like the hardest the person to pick on the the most in a Celtics lineup is Derek White, and it's like. I got the name right, didn't I, Derek? Derek yeah, White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Derek White. Yeah, Derek White. I hear Bill Simmons talk about him just constantly. <laughs> but anyway, uh, him. Like he's the the quote unquote worst defender on the court. Whenever a lot of teams in the league would kill to have his defense um, at at the point guard position, so like not only do they have individually maybe across the board better defenders, they also are systematically super sound. And you know, I was taught like I listened to Zach Lowe and uh, he had Kevin Arnovitz. They were talking on the podcast today about just first someone that doesn't watch and doesn't understand as much basketball. I mean, I, I don't not claiming at all to do that. I was thinking about like uh, the dumb statement of being able to say, well, the Celtics should just switch everything. Well, well, there are so many rules and systems in place of when do I switch? When do I, when do I do this? And it's like a team has to be so not just good at staying in front of somebody else in a pickup game. They have to know exactly how, to react to every kind of situation because the Warriors are just one of the smartest off-ball moving teams ever. They are so good. And like just just that alone I could point to like this is why this team would destroy it still in the 90s. It like they have all of this movement off the ball. They can move they like every college and high school basketball coach probably just has wet dreams about this every night or something. It's just like, (laughs) I wish I hadn't said that, but anyway, um, just, just has just um, like that would what they would dream about as doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's, there's the ability. Like when I watch the Warriors play, I, I try to think of, okay, how is pickup basketball? Not just this. How is like some of the things, not just this style of basketball. How is every single team in the league not playing this style of basketball? And I think it's for a couple of reasons, but the main one being, 
not every team can shoot like the Warriors. Like mm-hmm. if you if every team could shoot like the Warriors, every team would be playing like this, where it's the pick and pop, where it's the Steph like, you know, sets a screen, runs around for a minute, then steps back, pops back and forth between one screen to the other, then runs out half out of bounds for half a second, back in, whatever, all that type of stuff. Like like kind of acts like he gives them play and then goes for it. But the Celtics never have never played like that. No really team besides the Warriors plays like that. And the reason being is that no team can shoot like the Warriors. But the Celtics don't need to shoot like the Warriors. The Celtics have, I think, I think they have the second best player on their rod. Like if, if you're taking like the best players overall, right? And you got Jason Tatum and Steph Curry, and you're just drafting the best overall players from either team, who's your third pick, right? And I I I wanna lend it's I wanna lend it's the Celtics, but that's just because I don't love any of the Warriors guys. Dr- Draymond Green would be the second pick, but or it would be the third pick or whatever in this. But I don't know, Woody. It's just man, it, it's such, so like, a, such a fit in, in a scenario where you're you're drafting players from these two teams. Like number one and number two would obviously be Steph Curry and Jason Tatum. Not necessarily in that mm-hmm. order. Who knows? Probably just personal preference on what you what you're wanting. That third player is who you're talking about, correct? Right. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean. For me, I think it's Al, it's Al Horford because he can defend like maybe a tier below Draymond, but or if you even want to call it, maybe maybe a half a step below Draymond. While also he can still make an outside shot, you can still trust him to 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 hit a, a layup and want to be willing to shoot a layup, willing to shoot a corner three, willing to shoot a above the break three, all of that stuff. And, and whereas Draymond is just completely not a scorer anymore. As, it's so, so, but he still has the elite level passing, but I think I'd have to lean out Horford in that scenario. I, I gotta say, I, I, it's really hard for me not to right? like Marcus smart, you know, Draymond green, Clay Thompson, you know, a little bit, Jordan Poole for a little bit, you know, whatever it may be like, I might be taking more warriors in the top 10, but I'm I think I'm taking the Celtics in the top, you know, kind of five. I'm taking three Celtics out of it, okay. all of it. Right. Like it's just, I'd rather have Marcus Smart play next to Jason Tatum and Oliver play next to Jason Tatum than I would rather have, you know, Draymond Green play next to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. I just Clay Thompson's just no longer, and I really wish he was to be honest too. Just oh, it was, oh, absolutely. It, there was so much of the like, oh my gosh, like I I hate the Warriors because I'm a Thunder fan. They and they beat us in Game Six. And Draymond Green's texting, you know, Kevin Durant and you know, during the whole series, whatever. But on the other hand of it. Okay, well, you know what? Gotta let that go. And the Warriors are fun to watch playing basketball. The Warriors were a lot of fun watching play against the Cavs. Like I wasn't rooting for the Cavs to beat the Warriors in 2015. I don't think. I don't think I really cared that much, just because you know maybe it was a little bit like I'll go Cavs because the Warriors, should, you know, mm-hmm. Western Conference. We had faced them a couple different times where it'd been really tough to beat them, but it wasn't like as much of a true hatred. Whereas it, I don't want to say it is now, but it's 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 up there for sure. Uh, of teams I dislike, just I mean they they beat us right. Like you, you hate them if you hate them, you know, and that's right. You know, I hate them because I, I am not them. I think I don't necessarily not like the Warriors. I, I can't blame them for signing Kevin Durant. I th- I blame Kevin Durant for signing with them. Yeah, and, but really the only thing that would keep me from from wanting to root for the Warriors over the Celtics would probably be just Draymond Green. I get tired of him sometimes. Most of the time, um, I, the I will time. recognize he is a great, he is a fantastic NBA player. He, he will probably go to the Hall of Fame and deservedly so. He's a very good player, does does something. Basically, he, I mean, Steph does so many things, but you can make an argument if you wanted to that Draymond Green is the MVP of that team. It just doesn't have the stats to back it up because he does so many things like that you just can't log as a stat. But um that, that, I think that's what's keeping me from rooting for the Warriors. I, where I'm just kind of, kind of Celtics are young. They're they're a lot of fun. I love Jason Tatum. I have a lot of fun rooting for that team, and that's just, I, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Well, who, who do you? So, so I mean, who do you want to win? Like 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 taking your taking your you know mm-hmm. mental aspect of like who you think will win. Who do you want to win? Is it still? Celtics. I think it's still Celtics, although I, yeah. I really wouldn't mind at all Steph and Clay getting another ring. Um, I think because I was uh, hearing someone brought it up on a podcast I was listening to it, bring it, bringing up like, okay, now Steph and LeBron have the same amount of rings, which is hilarious. Um, which, which would be really kind of cool. Uh, and would bring up a whole like, 
you know, 20 years from now, people that weren't here in the moment, like, wait a minute, is Steph Curry the best player of all time? Him and LeBron have the same amount of championships. Like, well, no, they're not. They're, they're very, very different players. Um, but now all of a sudden it makes the conversation a lot more fun. But I, I, I really, honestly, I don't super have, I don't have a big dog in the fight, but, um, <clears throat> I think did Shaden just text us? Shaden from the top rope here. Steph is the better player. Warriors will win, and Warriors right now have a better chance to repeat. Thunder will not make the playoffs, and Giannis is his favorite player to watch right now. So, anyways, from the whole outline, oh, I thought he was listening. To, I thought he was listening live and was commenting. I had no idea he would figure that out, but yeah, because <laughs> we're pre-recording this a little bit. I, I, I would say this like to me at least the 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 Warriors are the team that I would I I don't want the Warriors to win. Celtics easily. I'm not. I'm. I'd rather see Marcus Smart, Oklahoma State guy, for two years um, win, it, win it. And I'd also just you get tired of a team after a while. I understand mm -hmm. anyone who's older than 28 is like, dude, what are you talking about? The Celtics is 17 titles. What are you talking about getting tired after a while? Of it? <laughs> Teams winning NBA championships or whatever. Celtics have won at least one since I've been alive. And if not more that I can't remember in the 90s, which I don't think they did because mm -hmm. that was just Jordan the Bulls, right? So I think it's Celtics have won. And one in 2009? And before then... I think. Oh, 2008? Yeah, that's right, because yeah. Kobe and the Lakers went back-to-back. -back. Mm -hmm. um, Celtics, Celtics did play in the NBA Finals in uh, 2010, I know. But for me, at least, it's a lot of like, okay, like, you know what? Recency bias is a thing. As a Thunder fan, I just, I'm tired of seeing the Warriors do great. I think LeBron is the most unrelatable NBA player we've ever had in the entire lifetime, because he just tries to relate unrelated oh gotcha yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 uh he's a billionaire he's an active nba player he's a billionaire it came out today that mm -hmm. it's estimated so who knows if that's real or not that he's so let's, let's save the lebron talk for another but podcast. but but <laughs> i gotta get tired of lebron i get tired of Steph. i get tired of the words and i really do get tired of draymond green hmm. at the end of the day i get it he's a good player i get that he is a a player who maybe fundamentally changed the game of basketball because if he wasn't able to switch the four, five, three, two position, you know, whatever, and guard as many guys as he could in several different matchups, if he wasn't able to guard against LeBron, you know, all this type of stuff, then maybe basketball is just not played as much of a jump shooting skill. Maybe we're not seeing this many threes in the games or whatever. But then again, yeah, maybe if he just, I don't know, doesn't, doesn't you know kick several players in you know in the, yeah, in the man yeah. region mm -hmm. you know i have a better opinion of him too and i don't care as much maybe if he's not texting kevin durant when he's playing for the thunder to recruit him maybe I have a better opinion of him too so i'm anti draymond green more than else i love watching steph curry play though so i don't know that, that's where i'm kind of at is celtics I, i'm picking the celtics and i also want the celtics to win yeah not necessarily like a true like Celtics love fest, though. More of like a, just an anti-Warriors fan at this point, which mm, maybe not a great look for me, but oh well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's totally fair. Totally fair. I think I think for the most part, I'm in this and almost the same boat as you. Maybe just kind of paddling behind, but I don't. I won't. I won't be upset if the Warriors win. I, I really wouldn't lose any sleep over it, but because I I do like. For whatever reason, my dad, who I don't think has watched an NBA game in th three years because I moved out, or five years since I moved out, he still likes. He's like, "Hey, how's Clay Thompson doing?" <laughs> like, he, my dad loves Clay Thompson for whatever reason. Um, and I, I, I think I, I, I'm totally fine with him winning and Steph winning. Um, so that's where I'm at. We can wrap that point up. I'm sorry to repeat. No, no, you're totally good. Mm -hmm. Um, so my trivia question though here is is oh which which roster is older the Warriors or the Celtics? Like which roster? On average, like total, or, like on average, total, age, total, average, average age average or total age. age. Either way, it's the same part. I mean, and not, I'm not saying who has the oldest players. So really, I'm just asking average age who which is the older roster. Well, I, I, my gut would say Warriors, but because I think it's a trick question, I'm going to go Celtics. So what, what is it? Oh, it is Warriors. Though. It is the Warriors. It's a double trick is... question there. Yeah. Oh man. Deep faked me out there. What's the what's the averages? So I don't know the exact averages. I'm just more or less going off of how much old how old everyone is compared to my own age. I'm 28 years old. Oh. <laughs> Celtics have two guys who are older than I am, Al Horford and um 
I can go back to it in a second. But the Warriors have like six guys who are older than myself here. They've got Gary Payton the second, who's actually older than I am, which is Re- kind of interesting. Really? I thought he was a young mm-hmm. player. You you would think so, but he's actually been around for like five years, kind of bounced in and out, uh, played on several different, I mean, overseas a little bit, all type of stuff too. The guys who are like extremely young for the Warriors, it's like Jonathan Kaminga is born in 02. I mean, it's just, it, you've got guys who are like, wait a second, that guy's almost 10 years younger than I am and is playing in the NBA Finals, which just drafted. <laughs> ooh, ooh. I'm not saying I'm old at all whatsoever, but man, that is a new realization. It makes you feel old. It makes um, me feel yeah. old for sure. And and the Warriors do have the older of the, have the oldest player of the NBA Finals in Andre Godala, who may play, may not, oh, who knows. Yeah. But, um, but he's one of those guys who's just a little bit older there too. So... Interesting, interesting trivia fact. Here, for that sure. was a good, that was a really good one. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other questions I have here, of course, is we got to talk Thunder draft stuff. So yes, I am so excited for this. All right. So we've been, we've really been texting for here. weeks about who do we take at number two? Who do we take at number two? Um, I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah. So well, let's say the Thunder have the first overall pick in the draft or the, or the magic trade down, whatever it may be. The Thunder could take whoever they want to of any guys available, who would you take? And they'd be a draft with, you know, granted, we know we have pick number two. So but I'm just saying, I'm not trying to say here's who the match you're picking, who would you take? I'm just saying, who would you take overall? Right, right. And in that podcast you sent me this morning or last night, they talked about this. Like, realistically, the Thunder have enough draft capital and things to throw at it that whoever they really want out of this draft, they can probably get. So you can realistically think of them, like, if they could get any of these guys. Gosh, I I go back and forth, back and forth. You know, if you don't know about this, then you're probably living under a rock or you don't care about the NBA. But basically, you know, Chet Holmgren is the ultimate upside guy, but he also has the lowest floor, like, you know, the most risk because he's so skinny. He's seven foot tall, 195 pounds. So he's like almost a foot taller than me, but, <laughs> but weighs um, like – 30 pounds less than I do. It, it's insane. Um, but, but like, you know, all of the things that he can bring to the table, he can shoot, he can pass, he can play really good defense. Just, just like the really big question mark is he's skinny and wasn't asked to do very much for Gonzaga. And then there's Jabari Smith who could shoot lights out for a big man. He, let me see how, actually how big is he? Um, 10. I'm pull- 6'10". Yeah. 6'10", 210, a really mm-hmm. big dude. He can shoot threes. The big knock on him is he he's not much of a shot creator for himself or for others. He's not a great passer. So I kind of, and maybe this is a really bad assessment. I think of him as Sergi Baca with even with an even better shot is what I kind of think of him as, and that could be completely inaccurate. I, I have not watched any of these guys play, actually play a game. And then there's Pablo Banquero who, six ten two fifty, um, can do so many things. Uh, seems to be like a jack of all trades. Can shoot, can pass, can 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 defend, can do a lot of things. But there's questions about uh, you know his his drive, his work ethic in college. Like he could turn it on and off whenever he really wanted to. And they talk about and some of the big losses of the season that he only scored two points and took two shots. Like there's just weird stuff with that. And then there's also that interview he put, he did of like this earlier this week or last week about like he talked about not really wanting to go to the Thunder. <laughs> so, but again, we didn't. Me and Calvin talked about this at length that they really they didn't upload any other context of the video and it, like who knows what the actual context of the quote is. Um, and yeah, I didn't really feel like the second video clip was clutch points um, shared of Paula being interviewed and basically ten seconds is. More or less, Paulo going. Yeah, I grew up as a Sonics fan, so I never really liked the Thunder. So, okay, well, you know, on one hand, if your whole entire like um, agency team, you know, they're working with your draft agent, whatever, say, hey, you might get drafted by the Thunder, you probably don't say that in an interview. On the other hand, oh well, like what, like okay, you you, you were a Celtics fan growing up, so you weren't really a Thunder fan growing up. Whenever they moved you didn't decide to stay with the team you know i mean you know whatever yeah. it be like right cool i don't know how much that has to go into it because paulo's went to duke i mean he's played for the team for a year i mean did he grow up as a duke fan I, it, there's just so many other ways i could go with that it's just it, kind of weird because he's like he's like five years old when the thunder moved so well, how, yeah I mean, i'm not i don't I, understand it anyway 
it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing to say overall like i can't figure it out but which which of these guys would you take if you you yeah sorry to answer your actual question i i think i go chet even though it's so it's such a like uh, such a risky thing because you know you make the wrong pick in the top three picks at the top three of the draft you, it can set you back for years but thunder have so much draft capital it's like can you take a chance on him and he fills some needs he does i i i think that's me but i'm definitely not sleeping well after i after i take that pick what about you calvin so what i stand on is that of all three of these guys jabari chet and paulo the guy with the worst college situation is Jabari. Right. But yet he still had, he still has uh, scored, he still scored more points per game. He still um, let everyone in turnovers. Now he was worse than assists, but I think he's asked you something a little different there. And it's not necessarily, it's like that much worse. Like these guys are power forwards and centers, you know, like where assists weren't like, eh. The, the, the stats that, make me go okay wait a second like all right so if jabari had was on the worst team and had the worst stats make a lot of sense but jabari being on the worst team theoretically around him and worst system but having the better points per game and really having you know least amount of turnovers and you know least amount of you know being better on this you know steals and that type of stuff too but really his shooting numbers are better than both other guys. Now, not leaps and bounds better, and his field goal percentage is worse than Chet's, just to be clear. His three-point percentage, though, is better than Chet's and better than Paulo's. And for that reason, if I could take anyone, I'd take Jabari. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he was just giving the ball, like, towards the end of the shot clock, and just had to throw it up a couple different random times that I watched. I watched him play against Florida in the SEC, um, SEC championship or SEC kind of tournament there, and... It's, it's like his guards just didn't want to give him the ball. And every right. single other draft expert that I talked to, including Derek Murray was on recently and a couple others as well that I've just you know, listened to or whatever, is that Jabari consensusly had the worst roster around him. So I take Jabari. Just to answer that question, plain and simple, I take Jabari. I would then take Chet, and then I take Paulo. And the reason being is not because Paulo was not a Thunder fan growing up. I don't even want to keep saying like a broken record that now, but because it's kind of a goofy thing. It is a it's, weird thing, and I'm not going to hold against him, but it's just it's just it's like just, one thing that like I don't think helps him. It doesn't hurt him. It's like, why did you say it? But in, I, anyway. You know, stuff happens. Like, were you, who are you biggest fan of growing up? And he goes, well, not the Thunder. Like, okay, well, that's <laughs> odd. But we don't know if that's – we don't know if that's how the question was phrased. You know, like, we, we so many curiosities with that whole deal. And maybe I should find the whole entire clip somewhere online. Well, it's, but, it's like I don't want to – I don't want to go down the rabbit hole and have to listen to just some random – Dude in his basement interviewing Paulo Boncaro to 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 get a, to find out context of this thing. I, I don't want to listen to a whole podcast to find that context. Anyway. I'm not at the end of the day. Okay, like like if uh, I'm a draft prospect and the Warriors drafted me and I grew up as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I wouldn't be out there saying I hate the Warriors. But also like if I was asked like were you a Warriors fan growing up, I go well no I'm a Thunder fan growing up. Like, anyways. I would be, I'd be the the hesitant guy I'm on is Paulo. Just overall, I think he could be great. I think he could be a rookie of the year type of guy for a team, but I don't think he's going to be the best guy in 10 years out of this draft, out of these top three. I, I think that's actually would be crazy if he is. It would speak to that basically he was put in a different role in a different system or whatever. But Paulo blossomed in March Madness when everything got tough and it slowed mm-hmm. down, whatever, all type of stuff, which is how a lot of NBA games go um, at the end of the day. But also, a lot of NBA games have a shorter shot clock. There's just more shots in the game. You're playing more minutes in the game, too. So that works for you and against you. Playing more games. And playing a lot more games, too. And Paulo definitely, easily in a way, had the best group of guys around him. But yet he still shot the worst overall. Um, his field goal percentage was about the same as Jabari's. His three-point percentage is about 10% worse than Jabari's and worse than, um, and worse than Chet's. And then, the, the like the true shooting percentage, the efficiency percentage, the three point except the three point attempt rate, free throw attempt rate, the projected NBA three percentage, all of those stats that are like the me- real meaty like advanced stats, Paulo sucks at. <laughs> just to put it, just to put it lightly, he's just has the worst out of the three guys. And when you've got shame, you got Giddy. I'm not necessarily always drafting for need when you have the second overall pick, but. 
here, I think the margins are slim enough where you can draft for need. I don't think any one of these guys is going to be so incredibly much better than the other. And I hope I'm not wrong on that because I think it's just really tough to figure out. Well, I, like I'm looking, I have uh, Kevin O'Connor's big board up and I, and like, he, you know, he, if you're unfamiliar, basically he has like, here's the dra- here's where I think this player is going. Here's a, you know, paragraph snippet about him. And if you want to read more, here's more. And then it gives us shades of column and it's Chris Weber and Julius Randall. I'm too young to know Chris Weber, but Julius Randall, I'm not just super excited about getting another Julius Randall on my team. Like I don't, I'm not just nothing about that really gets my engine going with Paulo. So I, 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 I still, I don't think that the thunder go wrong specifically with any of those guys, but I think Paulo is the least exciting and I feel like doesn't fit as well because of and doesn't fill the the need that this team kind of needs of shooting defense and a big man. Well, I guess he, he is a big man. He's literally the biggest of them. Um, whereas Chet, Chet and Jabari both fill that three point shooting need. They both are a lob threat. They're both um, good defenders and consistent defenders, but you do also have to throw in there. I think if, Duke's in the ACC, which is probably the toughest conference of of those three conferences for sure. For sure, better than Chet's. Chet was playing mm-hmm. against you know Division Two almost, but for sure it's better than the SEC um, in basketball, of course. But well, yeah, yeah. Um, but, so Calvin, can I ask a quick question? That's not oh, on our course. our thing. Yeah, like, do you think that Sam Presti's um, I'm trying to think how to basically his team building philosophy. Do you think it has changed or been influenced by the previous era? One of the very few GMs in the league to actually survive multiple eras because he's been there since they've been in Oklahoma City. So he was there for Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden. He was there for Westbrook and Kevin Durant. He was there for Westbrook and Paul and Westbrook by himself. Westbrook with Paul George. Westbrook with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. Like he was there with all of that. Do you think that there is anything that is influencing? him going forward because I, I think i have a few ideas of how like it, that's like all of these past things are influencing how he's drafting how he's building this team but i, I would i'm curious to know if you have any thoughts I, I think a lot of it is because whenever i'm talking to somebody about the hardened trade because that's a great question whenever i'm talking mm-hmm. to about the hardened trade the thing i frequently bring up is is that one james harden didn't do great in the nba finals or really the playoffs that year now he did do good in the playoffs and he was like he was such a good player. I wish the Thunder had kept him. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm not trying to go against that, but and, and again, they weren't trading MVP James Harden. They're trading six men of the year James Harden. Exactly. Like, yeah, Harden. and they're they're playing a non they're they're, they're trading a non starter at the end of the day. Like, yeah, if you could have kept him, you you do it. All right, you know, every GM has that like, okay, what are you doing here? Moment. But at the time, he was constructing the roster for fit. It was okay. How are we going to beat the Lakers? Right when they had Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol, you know, okay, all right, well, we need Surge, you know, and then he chose Surge over James Harden. That was, which, which is not necessarily talked about a ton, but that was much more of a fit type of deal. Mm-hmm. I think now it's much more of a just, just don't even, just don't even do anything like that because they were also going to be against, okay, you've got, um, you've got LeBron James and Chris Bosch in the East, you know, I, I forget okay. exactly who else we were playing, but you know, the, the Mavs had, you know, of course, Dirk, and they had a center next to Dirk, so you and, had and the, Serge and, uh, and stuff too. And San Antonio, who Serge was classically amazing against, and they can never figure him out. Yeah, and and you know, you had Tim Duncan, and mm-hmm. then you've got you know before Kawhi's even drafted with the team, basically there. So, I think Presti is, I, I think Presti is really I, in Presti we trust. It's like my motto, and I think mm-hmm. he really has learned slash like just just understood better what's going on that you draft really not necessarily for fit you draft or need you just draft best overall and i think that's who we'll take because i don't think any of these three guys at the end of the day are going to change the entire roster within one year where it's like oh man dude shed holmgren plays like a point guard now we can't do anything with you know sga like i don't yeah. think or or jabari or with paulo and the other guy we've got that's long term is giddy Neither of those guys play like Giddy or are going to be taking Giddy's spots on the court either in my mind. Now, a lot of playmaking, I think, could go through Chet. I mean, there's the Twitter videos that are Chet crossing up Steph Curry, which, you get a chance? 
it's a it's a phenomenal Twitter video because it's literally what happens. But I don't think that's happening like every day in the NBA or at all, really. And Chet's got so many things that I'm worried about. When you're talking high risk, high reward, it Chet Holmgren should be the photo next to it oh, because the guy, the guy's one like you said earlier, the guy's one ninety five and a <laughs> foot taller than me. Ch- so Chet like, Holmgren and Deion Waiters. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just it's incredible because. I mean, I think of myself as not necessarily a super fit dude, but an in-shape guy. And I'm 6'2", 220. Chet Holmgren is 25 pounds less than me is what he's listed at. So it may even be less than that. Let's be honest here with college stuff. Mm-hmm. Although the NBA scouting combine did happen. I don't know if he weighed or not. So that's kind of eh. But he's he's 8 to 10 inches taller than I am. His frame is awkward. His frame is weird. The frame comparisons you can put with another Thunder roster player and, you know, everyone's favorites, Unicorn and Poku. But that that's where the comparisons stop. And I'd like for us to take Chet if he's available and Jabari's not. But on the other hand, if if, if for some reason Paul is the only one available, you know what, I'll still go. I'll still sleep really well at night because I'll be like, yeah. all right, well, you know what, I'm Presti, we trust. But if I'm Presti, I don't know if I'm sleeping super well. I, you know, it's just one of those things where, you don't get the second overall draft pick that often at all. Last time we had it was when we got KD, and mm-hmm. we've had a really, really good success rate of picking guys in the top 10 and making really, really good value of those picks. My kind of follow-up question here is that, do you think this team makes the playoffs next year? Because let's, let's face it, at some point, like the Thunder haven't been tanking for forever. We were in the playoffs two years ago in the bubble, which does seem like a whole lifetime ago because of everything's happened with COVID. And because we've been through three NBA seasons, but this seems posed to like or poised to, mm-hmm. to do something. And you see an SGA and a Giddy for a whole year healthy. I'm not sure we don't win more than 36 games and take the Pelicans out of that 10th seed and actually make the playoffs this year, too. I'm not sure. Yes. So I'm kind of, I think one, Sam Presti probably doesn't, doesn't want to be better next year because they want to get in that top, those top, that top three again. And because I've, uh, they've got, there's some other pro- prospect who has some weird foreign name who I can't even pronounce. So I don't want to do it. Unju- I don't want to not do it. Do it justice. It's, it's Victor, right? Victor. Yeah, Vic, wannabe, wannabe or something like that. Anyway, or Aramba or something. I, it, I mean, yeah. I know you're talking about at the end of the day, uh, but, yeah. but so like, okay, if we can give ourselves a chance to get this guy, in addition to what we have build forward and continue, then, then obviously like Sam Presti has to consider doing that. But I could see a world where whoever they get, this team is better than last year just by adding in somebody who's competent. Because that I mean, all three of these guys, I I don't feel like barring injury, are gonna not be competent basketball players. So you're adding something to help. And but you also kind of have to keep in mind that the West is gonna get a lot better next year. The Clippers are gonna get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard back next year. The Denver's gonna get Jamal Murray back. New Orleans is probably going to at least get 50 games out of Zion you know, if he stops eating, you know, jambalaya every day. But Zion, you know, and and oh, trying, you know, San Antonio is always going to you know, win the games against the sub 500 teams. They're always going to be right there in the mix until they kind of begin that full tank process. Uh, I, I just don't see unless you know a team takes a nosedive like this, like the Suns do or something. Like I, I just don't see enough space opening up for the thunder to move up. And and I don't think that management wants to move up or thinks that they're ready or should be competing for championships yet or for the playoffs yet. So I don't, I don't, I just don't see a world where they're ready for that or they really even want to be shooting for that players absolutely will want to be doing it. But, but I just kind of don't think that that should be the organization as a whole's goal is to make playoffs next year. Yeah. I, I, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm cool if the Thunder make the playoffs. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not against it. Um, this team has just started, I think, to show signs of a great rebuild. Like, it's not necessarily a, okay, we're still tanking. You know, we're still, like, going, like, way down the rabbit hole. I think we have the guys to build around. But, you know, if you're a Thunder fan, you're looking around, like, okay, what's the telltale sign when we're going to go for the playoffs or not? It's like, okay, well, the longer we keep SG on the roster, the more chances that we're going to the playoffs sooner rather right. than later. And to follow that up with, a Thunder are already pretty good. We already win games we shouldn't. Um, we beat the Suns by 20. 
or in the last games of the season, which maybe was a telltale sign the Suns weren't the best team ever, but I'm mm-hmm. just kidding at that point. That was such a weird throwaway game. Anyways, no one was telling any signs from it. The other parts that I go through here as a Thunder fan is that I want the team to be really good, but I think that there's just so much draft capital we have, and there's already so many teams above us. Like, Chris Paul is not going to be that good for as good as he was this po- this whole last season. He's not going to be that good every single year for the rest of his for the next three, four years, right? Like, he's just right. not. He's going to fall off at some point. LeBron's going to fall off at some point. So the Thunder will have a window where it's just a little bit easier. You're not necessarily waiting for that, but it's not a bad idea just to go, okay, you know what? Like, let's see what we got. Let's yeah. try to push for it. I I, I mean, it's like I said, I, I'm, I'm never going to say that trying to win is, is a bad thing. Um, and I think that there is so much more, there's so much more value in what I think the Thunder are doing to put their guys into the best possible chances to succeed and learn versus Sixers, the Sixers culture of like, we don't care if we lose, if we don't, if we don't win a game this whole year, we, we don't care. Like, and I, th- I think that the, the coach is really good. I think that the players really like a, a lot of the players are doing a great job, but I'm just kind of wanting to get back to that philosophy question. I, I'm wondering, you know, d- does Presti look at, where can this team grow? And I'm, is he drafting for you know shot creation? Is he drafting for playmaking and, and create and kind of building a, a team that's really good at playmaking and then hoping that they develop outside shots? And then lastly, Cowboy, we got to talk about the elephant room. Do you, is SGA on this team in three years? I, I don't. I don't know anymore. I, I kind of keep talking myself into. I don't know if he makes a whole lot of sense, especially if they go and get. Well, I guess he makes he makes some sense. Like, do him and Getty work together well enough? If one of them, if 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 neither of them start developing a develop a reliably consistent three point shot, do yeah, do both of I, them even I, need a three point shot? I I feel like I asked asked like four questions there, but <laughs> you can answer whichever one you want to first. They they need one one of those guys has to be better at the three point. I'm um good and reliable is is maybe the. Um, difference of opinion there. Like, mm-hmm. like one of those two, like SGA has to be better shooting the three ball or Giddy has to be better. Like one of the two, they both cannot be, they're not horrible at shooting the three ball. Like, you know, but they're one has to, one of the two has to get better. Um, Just, just period. Because one's off the ball and one's on the ball. There's only one ball on the court. And when I think about the Thunder roster as a whole, and you're like putting it together, this is just not a playoff team next year. It just, it's got guys who can make the playoffs. It's got guys who would be playoff starters for the finals right now, if we're thinking about it. But yeah, like everybody really, really willing to have Dort on their team right now. Oh, yeah. But like when I'm looking at it, I think the next guy to be traded is a Lou Dort. I mean, what if what if the Blazers say, yeah, we'll do Lou Dort in the 12th, you know, Lou Dort in the 12th for the seventh pick, right? Well, don't we do, have the 12th? That's what I'm saying. They do Lou Dort and the 12th oh. for their seventh pick. Sorry, I didn't. Gotcha, I worded gotcha. that word. Oh, I got gotcha. you. But do that. Hang on a second. We're talking because move up five picks in the draft. Suck to lose Lou Dort, but maybe that guy's AJ Griffin, you know, or, or Griffith, excuse me. But the Thunder roster as a whole right now is just a combination of a ton of young dudes. You know, the second, um, I mean, do you know the third? I oldest guy on the Thunder roster is, do you know, you know who it is? At I'm going to guess like 24. Um, yeah, I'm looking through here just to double check that I'm right in saying this. Yeah, the third oldest guy is, um, what's it's, uh, what it's, uh, yeah, it's SGA. It basically goes in order here, which I know everyone can just look up online and have fun with too, but it's Derek Favors has been in the league 11 years. Mike Muscala has been in the league eight years. And then SJ has been in the league three years. And it's crazy to think it's only been three years. She's been in the league mm-hmm. to me at least. And th- this team is incredibly good. Darius Baisley is really good. Lou Dort's really good. SGA is really good. Ty Jerome is okay. I mean, Muscala is okay. Like we, yeah, Trey Mann's okay. But to think of this team as like a, Oh my gosh, guess what they could do. It's like, you know what? I just, uh, I'm just not seeing it. Um, I'm not seeing the playoffs, honestly, next year, uh, SGA this past season per game, uh, had a 30% three point percentage and SGA yeah, had have, 26%. Three point. Oh, oh, yeah. Giddy had twenty six percent, and Shea had the thirty percent. 
I, yeah. I literally had to pull that too because I was going to spout that off. You beat me. <laughs> oh, no. I just so, kept talking. Mm-hmm. But that that's – one of the two guys has to get better at the three and three. Yeah. Um, with everything in the league's well, going. It's worth worth mentioning too. Shea last year shot uh, 41%, which if he does that – if he could do that consistently, that would be huge. Um, anyway – carry on with our with our with our points i'm sorry it's a deep no no you're totally there. good it's just one of those this thunder roster is really good and is evolving and definitely won some games last year that they should not have but that doesn't necessarily mean in my mind they're a playoff team i mean you talked about it with the west right are we better than the than the warriors no pelicans not right now mavericks no jazz as constructed no warriors no denver no memphis no minnesota no so, would we be better next year with one of these top three draft picks? <sighs> Probably not. Like sucks to say, but we're also not better than the Lakers for one of the two mm-hmm. playing teams. And then, oh gosh, I forget who the other playing teams were. Uh, the other one playing team was, but it's just it was Minnesota, wasn't it? Uh, well, no, Minnesota Clippers. Excuse me, we're not better than the Clippers either. Clippers was the other team to build out the whole ten. So we're we're the, we might be the 11th best team in the West, but we're not the 10th best team. And that's that fine line there. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, injuries happen. We can make our run at it and be all right. But I have a hard time thinking that we're better than any of those teams. I just named off in the West. I mean, it, it, and it's on us to get better, of course, but like, we'll get better through the draft. We'll get better through trades. We have more draft picks than we can currently draft, you know, for roster right. size and spots. Mm-hmm. So, Something's going to happen. Like eventually the clock will hit midnight and press will catch in those picks. But until he does that, I'm, I'm okay with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see that many fans online going like, Oh my God, this team has been, you know, tanking for forever. The only time I really see stuff that does irritate me is when it's a paycom center and it's just not as full as it used to be. It's like, ah, oh man, I just really wish there are more fans in the stands. Cause it's a lot right. of fun going to a thunder game, no matter who they're playing in my mind. Sacramento on I Tuesday totally is still fun. So, I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with the old Thunder roster construction and playoff um, playoff choices too here. So, what do you think about if you look at this list? I'm looking at the draft list, and I keep getting hearing more and more buzz about Shade and Sharp. I said the name right, didn't I? Yeah, yep, yep. Who, oh, yeah. Right now, Kevin O'Connor has him going fifth to the Kings. Pistons? Which is, oh. Or excuse me, fourth to the Kings. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, you're good. Um, Which doesn't really make any sense to me because they just drafted Davion Mitchell and they have De'Aaron Fox. And I don't think he's big enough to be a four. But – and it just kind of puts a lock to you. But I just kind of keep seeing him and keep wondering, like – that is that the kind of guy that does does Presti look at him at number two? Does Presti draft you know one of those big three at number two and then bring back number twelve and SGA or Baisley and four other guys? You know, does he kind of bring in some firepower? Does he want a Shaden Sharp, a Jaden Ivy, a Keegan or a, a what was the other guy? So can so Keegan Han. Murray, yeah, Keegan Murray's yeah. one of the guys. Uh, Jeremy Sohan's another. AJ Griffin's another guy here too. Johnny mm-hmm. Davis. Um, I, I am all for the Thunder getting getting AJ Griffin because at the end of the day, like this guy is you know you're talking shades of Jalen Brown, TJ Warren, and a three point shooting Jeremy Butler, which sounds it's like Jamie a rare and go player. You know, the other things I think about here too that I didn't really think about a lot with other guys throughout the draft or haven't really thought of in previous drafts is the age. Like Chet, Chet's the oldest out of those three, Paulo, Chet, and Jabari. So now, now we're talking like six months older. Right. You know, he's still like older. 19 or 20, isn't he? Yeah, he's still 20. He's still young. But AJ Griffin's 18. You know, I mean, there, there's guys who, okay, an extra year younger. And you think about how I progresses as a human being between age 18 and 19. Like there was a lot of growth physically and mentally there too. So, AJ Griffin has a lot of injury history through high school where he missed like two years of high school. And there's definitely a lot of question marks around it and it's knee and ankle injuries too. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily like a rotator cuff that you don't really hear about that much after, but he seems to be like a really, really good player for the thunder. And 
if you can trade up a little bit, if you can trade like Lou Dort in the 12th for the 7th, go get A.J. Griffin, and then all of a sudden you're rolling out on opening night next year, A.J. Griffin, so just making it up here, Chad Holmgren, Shay and Giddy, maybe Lindy Waters at the 5, and all of a sudden oh, we've yeah. got another Oklahoma State guy rolling out, and I'm I'm loving it, right? But it's probably Trey May at that point, or I don't know who would fit the bill. But, you know, it's probably, it's got to be a power forward like Derek Favors or somebody. But that seems like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the Thunder could easily do one of those things that'd be a lot of fun. Like Lou Dort, great, great player. A lot of love for Lou. My youngest brother, who's usually on our fan, that's his favorite player, Lou Dort. has a Lou Dort jersey. Luke has a Lou Dort jersey. Great job. That's awesome. But I don't think Luke would be, I think Luke would be heartbroken if we trade Lou Dort, but I don't think he's like the corner, one of the cornerstones of the franchise. Unt- I don't think he's untouchable. I, but I text this at least like once every six months to my buddy. Like, if the Thunder and when those peak of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook years had had Lou Dort instead of Andre Roberson, do they win a championship? And I just, I get, I, I wake up at night every once in a while, like, I think they do. I think they do because Andre Roberson was such, such a plus on the defense, but such a negative on the offense. Like, just, but Dort, like, is like, like he might not be a plus plus, but he's like a half plus, you know? Anyway. Get, I mean, Lou Dort's three-point percentage was 33% last year through a total of 51 games that he started. Mm-hmm. And he was um, attempting seven threes, seven, almost eight threes a game. Well, well also, do you have the his corner percentage? Because in the podcast you sent me, they talked about his corner percentage was like 45 or 44%. Which, which is was, just insane, too. Right, that, I mean, for a Thunder player that's not Kevin Durant, like, what? <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense. People can shoot over 40%, yeah, 38. Yeah. And also when we're talking about like Paycom Center being, you know, empty on nights too, I try to refresh everyone's mind that the Thunder are not dead last in attendance. There's 30 teams in the league. And we were 27th as a small market team in the league without a star player and with having our best player in Shea play only 56 games. That's not, that's not horrible. Like it's just not, it, it's not, it's not the sky's falling. And I don't think anyone from the Thunder management team, if I had to guess, and it is a true, true guess here, I want to be clear when I say that, no one's panicking. Like, it's it's okay. Um, you've, you've got Shea, who averaged the most amount of points per game. I have anyone on the team last year in 24 and a half points. And then, you know, we're talking about the rest of the guys who actually played, like, more than 20 games. Next guy's Lou Dort, 17, you know, 17 points. Then it's Giddy. At 12 and a half. So it's it's a pretty sharp fall off there. I mean, Darius Baisley played in 69 games, started 53 and averaged 10 points a game. Like there is a lot of scoring that we need to have help with on the roster. Trey Mann played in 60 games last year, averaged about the same as Baisley or averaged 10.4. So we're splitting hairs at that point. But he did have some really big games though. Like, and he did, like have, he he did have a 29 and a 30 point game too. So he's, there's a lot of great stuff to build around. Just playoffs just may not be back within reach right. now you get Jabari Smith on the roster you get Sean on the roster you get Paul Bencher on the roster I could be changing my whole entire tune during the uh your kind of Christmas break next year and being like hang on a second Lakers have another injury Pelicans have another injury whatever may be Clippers don't see Kawhi ever again I don't know what's going on there no one seems to and all of a sudden it's like well hang on we can be the 10th team like maybe I don't know so there's a lot of fun stuff with that, but I don't think this team is set up as much as I wish they were. I don't think this team is set up to make a run at the playoffs mm-hmm. next year. Even when I really do look at it in my mind, I go, well, hang on a second. You know what? Last year we were, you know, 24 and 58. We're 14th in the NBA in the, you know, in the Western conference. But when I'm looking at like all the teams, like, okay, well, we're better than the Kings, right? even though we won six less games. Okay, well, we're but we're definitely better than the Rockets, and we're definitely better, you know, I think we're better than the Blazers, even though we th- won three less games, and I think we're better than the Spurs, but we won eight less games. So it's, it's a tough thing to figure out of, okay, are we really that much better than some of these teams where we could make a run at it? I'm not sure. Not sure, to be honest. The other question I want to ask you, though, is, is that... What, who's your who's your favorite NBA player to watch? Because like that's you know kind of going away from the Thunder for a second here. Like favorite player to watch who's not a Thunder player. Um, if you had to say it, uh, let's see here. Shadens was 
Um, Giannis's favorite player to watch right now. I'd say night in, night out. You you see this team's playing, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's my guy. I got to watch this team play. Yeah. So I I think I've got three guys in my head. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. One of them is Shaden already said. I do really enjoy. I think Joel Embiid might be mm-hmm. might be one. And I do love Jokic. I feel like I I, I love how how completely different he is for the NBA. Like if you've read like Bill Simmons' book, uh, he talks about like, hey, how like your criteria for best player ever. Whenever you see, when if you had an alien sit next sit down next to you and you point at a basketball court, which guy do you think is the best guy? And an alien can pick that guy out of the crowd. It's that's that's like a criteria a positive. Jokic is not the guy that an alien would pick. Of, you know, this guy's really good at basketball. He looks like a Serbian farmer that is overweight, slightly pasty white. And I but think he, he is. I think he's a Serbian farmer who's oh, slightly yeah. overweight, who's pasty white. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like he just—you would have no idea that he's an NBA player unless you saw him on the court. And, and he is so good, just so so versatile and fi- and like you know picked up his defense. But we just had, you know, he's not the defender that Joel Embiid is, but like he can do so many things that I, I just love that. But I, I think Joel, because I remember a few years ago, whenever there was the big, okay, should they trade Joel or should they trade Ben Simmons? I was all like, just go all in on on Joel because everybody's going to wings and and point guards and guard like like that kind of player. Just double down on Joel, and then there's not going to be any centers left in the league that can even remotely stop him. And the only thing that stopped him this year was James Harden partying every night and getting and being out of shape and and not wanting, not being all that interested in showing up for the playoffs. So and, and a broken face that that was the other thing that slowed him down. Like Joel yeah. Embiid was amazing, and I, I I wish I'd gotten to watch more games of his, but I, I think it's Joel is who I would say for this year. My my guy, and it's it's truly kind of back and forth, but. It's it's John Morant and the Grizzlies. Like I almost okay. pick Jokic. I almost pick him. I'm really really close there, but Jokic isn't like a super flashy player. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he's a super smart player when he comes to basketball. Like his he's the fact that he's seven feet tall, but still no one really picks his picks his pocket and steals the ball from him is crazy. When he's not the fastest guy, mm-hmm. he's not the most athletic, strongest guy, whatever. He's not like you have him and Giannis. You know one v one. You're talking about the alien deal, like. Yeah, both those guys play one v one basketball. Giannis is winning that every single time, and I don't exactly. even care. Like, yeah. it's not, like I, don't, I don't even care. Jokic plays, you know, one v one against Giannis. I don't know if Jokic scores a point. You know, I mean, there's just not. You know, I can stay in front of him, block a shot. You know, you know, doesn't have to worry about it. Like, could worry about it shooting a three, but doesn't matter. Can still just stay right there with him. On the other end, you know, John Morant versus Giannis. It probably is still Giannis, just because Giannis is an MVP <laughs> Giannis is like a foot taller than and him. Giannis is insane, but John Morant's like the guy who, if they're playing a full court game one v one, John probably wins. I don't know. It's it's probably extremely close. I'm it's wrong an interesting here, hypothetical, but it's still but a lot of falling fun. apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's 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 a it's a lot of fun to watch Jaw play basketball. Jaw had the most exciting plays this season in my mind of oh, just yeah. dunking on guys. He hits like a crazy. Um, one of the plays, top NBA plays of the year, is Stephen Adams throwing a full court pass to Jaw right before the clock expires at halftime, and Jaw catches it and shoots the ball as he's like jumping to hit the buzzer beater and to go in half. And that's after dunking on some dude. I think it was yeah. the Grizzlies versus Spurs earlier on uh, this season. It was in Memphis, so hopefully someone can find that. Not, not that bad if you're trying to look it up. And Josh is a ton of fun to watch. He reminds me of Westbrook a little bit, except for the fact that he is just, he's still not as good of a shooter as Westbrook was. That's what's kind of weird to think about is that Josh is a good shooter, but Westbrook used to be an incredibly good shooter for his athleticism. Right. You know, he, for the longest time where he would just pull up at the elbow, it was money all the time. I mean, it never really was that great of a three point shooter, but like you could trust that, that mid range game he was a great free throw shooter and then they they changed that rule and all of a sudden he just fell apart but it is kind of sad but at all the same time it's like i'm getting to watch westbrook again but but even more but he's just as fun now and so i I do i forgot about jaw until you said that i I do like jaw a lot and i love that he's at a small market i love for that for memphis have a lot of cool history there i I just that as as, as also is pretty cool but another one we neither of us mentioned what about luka Doncic? 
like that guy's awesome. Right. <laughs> he's incredible. He's a lot of fun to watch in the playoffs. But man, during last season, it was one of those I tried to tune for Mavs games to watch Luca. That was mm-hmm. the whole point. Watching turn tune for Luca. And oh, okay, like he's just complaining after he doesn't get the call. Like a lot. And that right. that that took its toll. Right. Luca's an incredible like it's it's not like, oh my gosh, I hate Luca. Nothing at all close to that. Luca may be third on the top favorite players to watch that are not a Thunder player, but He's third because, you know, because he's behind Giannis and Ja. He's not that far down the list. He's still a ton of fun to watch. He just is not number one because, honestly, he's not super flashy. Um, but he is. It's weird. He just plays a very, like, slow set of basketball, whereas Ja, I could, I feel like the guy could make an acrobatic layup or just dunk on you, and you mm-hmm. don't know which one you're getting until that right. happens. And that's a lot of fun, too, to see the shock value. Um. Last last couple questions here is if the Thunder trade down and don't don't have the second pick, and they take Jaden Ivey, who I think could be a Westbrook type of player. He reminds people apparently of Donovan Mitchell, Jumbo, Darius Garland, because he's six foot four. And Garland's, I think, six two or six one. And Victor Oladipo. But he's the uh Jaden Ivey is he's a thirty-seven percent three point shooter, average seventeen points a game in college. And as a sophomore for, for Purdue, just finished the season there. Are you happy if we draft Jaden Ivey? Is more or less my question. I I don't like taking him at two. I just think there's a lot more value to be had. But if, if they trade down and and maybe do something like they pick swap with Houston for next year, so they have an even better chance of getting to to the top of the draft. Because I think Houston has zero interest in winning at all for like five years. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I just have a bad taste in my mouth because didn't he flame out horribly in March Madness? Like he was just terrible. Like he cr- like he crumbled on. Like I mean, same thing happened to Kate Cunningham. So I, I don't. And he turned out just fine. So uh, yeah, I don't I, know. I just I just I, feel I, like I, I don't. Some, yeah, I put some stuff in there for sure on that. But like Jay Ivy, really. I mean, just I think he'd be the perfect complimentary guy to SGA and Getty in that lineup. Like, I think he would be that point guard size height-ish. I mean, six foot four, so even a little bit taller, not that heights, you know what I mean? But, like, he's a guy who you could put out there to really guard and lock up Chris Paul, and you Mm -hmm. don't need Dort at that point, which Dort's an incredible value. Isn't Shea, like, 6'6", and and mm -hmm. Getty's 6'5"? So, I mean, he's... 6'8". Oh, 6'8". Yeah, yeah, Getty's 6'8". I don't know. I, I don't know if I like the th- that because you're then committing yourself to a three guard lineup a lot with those three out there. Um, how is he as a shooter? Does well, he's a thirty seven percent three point shooter? Okay, in college. So to me, that's a and that's uh, that's on a team that played with frequently two centers in that mm-hmm. Purdue lineup um, with a guy Zach Eddy who was known for. He looked. He looked every minute I've ever seen that guy play basketball. It looked like he hated playing basketball. He just was going. Oh, I'm seven foot five, and I have to be out here now. Uh, you know, he just just not. He, you know, you talk about RBF or the resting B word face. Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely was one of those guys. Regardless if he loved basketball or not, he didn't look super excited to run up and down the court of school night. It was more like he's seven five. We know he can get rebounds in college against six eight dudes playing center. Like Purdue plays Oklahoma State last year. And we got CSA, but the second CSA gets in foul trouble, and all of a sudden it's Zach Eddy's show, you know, more or less. So I don't know. There's there's a lot to me where I'm like, okay, you know what? Um, like again, I, Ivy would be Ivy would be a good guy to have. It's like if we're going to run a three guard edge and kind of run a true like uh, multiple guys you can switch, you know, on you teams that really don't need necessarily a true one lockdown defender, but it helps when they have a guy who can defend the point guard position better than six foot six and six foot eight guys. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so, you know, again, like you said at the very beginning of the podcast and Sam, we trust, I, I mean, yeah. Sam Presti, Sam Presti might text somebody at two that we've never even talked. We haven't even talked about tonight. He very easily could. Um, and I would still be fine with it. Probably like, like that's, gotcha. that's just how yeah. much we both probably trust Sam Presti. So if 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 that's who he thinks is the best first to take at the draft, I, then I I can't argue with it. That guy knows way more about basketball than I can ever dream of knowing. So I I personally I don't really I don't really get excited for Jaden Ivey, but that's also me not having watched a single second of him playing basketball. I just the way things I've heard of other scouts talk about him, I just don't. I'm not that crazy about it. 
Gotcha. I the scout you talked to was pretty high on him, right? He thought yeah, he was a big four, um, not a big three. Yeah, Derek Murray, um, you know, recent NBA, he's not excuse me, not recent, but NBA analyst too. We had on. He was like, listen, if you don't draft him, and you can, or, or you know, I mean, it, not not are you second guessing yourself at pick two, mm-hmm. but are you second guessing yourself if you have pick four somehow, some way, and you don't take him? You know, I mean, he's the, he, truly, Derek was saying, he's probably the fourth best player in the draft, and he's heard from multiple other NBA GMs, NBA guys, that he is that good of, of a guy to pick. So I'm super high on Jaden Ivey. He's played two years of college ball, but he still is the same age as Chet Holmgren, which, you know, kind of got to earlier. is a kind of big deal, but also not. And at the end of the day, I think Jaden Ivey could be an incredible steal if we did trade down. But back to your point, Impressed that we trust. Like well, overall, well, that's I mean, there's always an opportunity that, that that the Thunder trade up and get him too. In addition to yeah. like Chet, like they trade they trade up from twelve and get in. It, it's it's they're so this this draft is going to be so interesting. <laughs> How many more days until the draft? <laughs> uh, let's see here. NBA Tankathon.com had me a second ago when I was clicking on that earlier. But I mean, the, the draft is June twenty third. Um, I do kind of have that locked into memory here. If I'm so correct, twenty one yeah. days. So. Yeah, so so to be exact, 20 days, 23 hours, 7 minutes, and 10 seconds from the end of this podcast recording. Mm. So you can know exactly when we recorded it or what time we finished up recording. But yeah, it's um, a really fun NBA draft. Well, Colton, hopefully we can get Shaden on here maybe in a couple weeks to recap the NBA draft yes. um, after it happens. Talk Thanks about so the Thunder fit and the guys we did draft or didn't draft or whatever. Um, as always, I want to say thanks so much for joining. Any other final thoughts here before we close this one out? No, I, I think I've said my piece. I'm really excited to, 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 to see what's going on with the Thunder going forward. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It'll it'll be insanely awesome. Always enjoy talking Thunder basketball with another true Thunder fan. Um, if you aren't already, please follow Colton Davidson on Twitter and Instagram. Um, where can we find you? Oh, yeah. Uh, CD underscore Wounded Knees on both both accounts. So there you go. See a lot of great dog photos. Yeah, and, lots um, of dog photos. <laughs> a lot of great dog photos. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I'd say here, please follow the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more if you're not already. I was going to say Shaden had uh, his text earlier was that Giannis is fair player to watch and he's picking the uh, he's picking the Warriors, I think. So we'll have to see how it all turns out because the next yeah, we'll time check, that we'll we... Yeah, next time that we record a podcast here, if it is after the draft, it'll be after the NBA Finals. So, Shaden, we'll talk to you then, I guess. But, Colton, yeah. thanks so much for joining me here. Please follow out the CJ Tour on Twitter and Instagram if not already. Just one more time, I'll repeat it. I'll catch you guys again soon. Peace.